Hey, what's up, players? This is Teddy Long. And believe me, player, I'm keeping it real and letting you know that you're listening to another wrestling podcast. And that's real talk. Holla. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, grandmothers and grandfathers, the 61-Minute Man presents to you the greatest extravaganza in WWE history, the WrestleMania of camaraderie theme celebrations. I present to you the Festival of Friendship! Let's get ready to rumble! The cream of the crop! The fender is! The fender was! And the best ever will be! It's time for... Another Wrestling Podcast. We are taking over. Drink it in, man. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. They think they got the answers. I change the questions. Awesome! When we talk about the legends of the sport, there's only two in my book. A-W-P, another wrestling podcast. I know it's not much, but it's perfect. A new list. I mean, it's great. I mean, the other list is, is getting beat up and it's, it's getting full. How come my name's on this? Welcome to another wrestling podcast. This is episode 147. I'm Credo. And naturally, I'm Angry Cooter. And I'm sick as a dog. Each and every week, we we are here to show you that we're more than just a podcast. We're the whole sick fucking show. (laughs) Uh, Now, Cooter, uh, he was on last week. I think everybody loved him so much. I think we're going to make him... Uh, a staple on this show, another wrestling podcast. Introducing Mike Cologne, ladies and gentlemen, to the to the AWP Triple Threat. Now we got going. Oh, thank yes. you guys for having me, Minority Mike. You are always in it, literally. Like, you're like Chris Jericho. You're in it. Joining us today, we have Dan Barry joining us. Uh, you might have seen him on Holy Foley, who is uh, training Noel Foley. You can now see him also at Laugh It Up Comedy Club. On February 25th, right in our backyard in Poughkeepsie, New York. Are you familiar with Dan Barry from Team Tremendous? You know, any any guy who trains Noel Foley is okay in my book. Let me tell you oh, that yes. right now. Absolutely. Yeah, Couldn't I, agree I, I, more. He's a funny guy, too. Not just a good teacher. <laughs> uh, he's very, very funny. I, I saw some of his stuff on YouTube. I cannot wait to see him. Laughitup.net uh, for tickets, guys. We'll be up there, so make sure you check it out. So you have and to the, tell us about this NXT incident in Albany. Well, so I went to the NXT show up in Albany. Now, let me tell you something. It was a, it, it was a good show for, the, for the, the roster that they had that doesn't have the star power that they used to. It wasn't a bad show. Now, I have these two friends. They are the ultimate marks. When I say that, they remind me of the two guys from that movie, Ready to Rumble. Like, <laughs> oh, straight, straight marks. So... They decided to come to this show dressed in suits to pay homage to Bobby Roode because they're huge Bobby Roode marks. Now, 
when they were outside, staff from the Albany Armory thought they worked for the WWE. (laughs) So we got up to the front of the line and walked right in. They took that ball and ran with it. We're inside and they're pretending like they're talking to people. They're talking to up and coming wrestlers in the area, giving them the cards, giving them advice. What type of advice do these guys know? They know nothing. They haven't been in the business. They're pretending. So they're sitting on the floor. I went to go check out my seats. I'm sitting there just enjoying, you know, the atmosphere, taking it all in. And then I see these two guys walking like they are men on a mission. And I'm not talking about Mo and Mabel. I'm talking about just two guys in suits walking over (laughs) to the side of the stage. They walked right past the Albany Armory security, which wonderful security to me, ass. Let me add in there. Yeah, we've experienced that last year too, remember? Oh, yeah. That's another story for another day. <laughs> but uh, they walked right past security and walked right in through the, through the curtain on the side of the stage. Jeez. Now, they, try, they tried to tell me that they played it cool back there. I'm going to hit you guys with something called re- real talk, reality. They went back there and marked the fuck out. <laughs> they went back there as if this was an episode of or the movie Wayne's World, and they're like, "We're not worthy," <laughs> because they were back there taking selfies with dudes, talking to everybody. They they came off as the ultimate fan. Next thing you know, Bobby Roode is just sitting there. The guy who they came dressed as asked them, "What are they doing back here?" They could not come up with the right response. Uh. So Bobby goes over to one of the referees and explains to them that they don't belong here. They go over to the to the guys, the two marks, and they give them two options. One, they could walk back to their seats as if nothing ever happened. Two, they could take a selfie with Bobby Roode, but once they take that selfie, they're technically trespassing. <laughs> they can leave through the back door with all Albany police. So... We all know what option they chose. <laughs> I don't know, man. They might have, if they picked up marks, they might have taken that selfie. I know. <laughs> man. Damn marks. Wow. Damn marks. Now they probably ruined it for everybody else who's going to dress in a suit next time. <laughs> Who could have got backstage? The, be- wow. the best part about it is, though, they had some guy who was, like, cutting a promo to them. And they were giving him promo advice. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, like, this is really going this far. Wow. It's gone this far. <laughs> surprised they didn't have more security though like hey you should have like a, an id or badge but i guess hey if you wear a suit you can get into anything i guess credo i'm telling you that that armory has the worst security we, there was an incident last year where we had some little kid who was just making fun of me on the line for like 20 minutes uh, and little literally, Phoenix. yeah exactly little and then he literally just walked in went right past the security as they were as me and, and mike are getting patted down to go in Walked right by the ticket guy, walked right by the uh, you pat down, and uh, as if it was nothing. And he sat with us the whole night. Jeez, wow. And I felt, I felt like it was that movie Role Models. It was me, you, and the little black kid. <laughs> yeah. Kudos to these marks who uh, at least got got far enough backstage, but couldn't say, hey, my dad works here, so we're just hanging out backstage, or something like that. I don't know. I thought of some <laughs> kind of excuse. To, my, my advice to you, don't wear a suit. <laughs> keep, keep it. Keep it simple. Wear like a wrestling shirt, you know, your favorite star. Don't wear a suit. Everybody tuning in for the first time, head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. You can find all of our links on there for Facebook, Twitter, 
iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, TuneIn, all that stuff. Like us, follow us, subscribe to us, leave some love. Let us know you're out there, basically. Uh, that's pretty much all we need you to do every every week. Just uh, let us know you're out there so we can uh, incorporate you guys on the show next time. Did you see the Elimination Chamber? What did you think, guys? What was your overall thought? Because I have a little a thing, and maybe I could try of a, just a, a quick rundown of uh, my thoughts on the Elimination Chamber. But, I mean, overall, A+, plus, B+, plus, I don't know. What did you guys think for SmackDown? I, I really enjoyed the Elimination Chamber. The, the, the SmackDown brand has been stepping it up lately. It wasn't the greatest show, but I want to say I, I'll give it a B+. Plus. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on Mike. It's literally what I want to give it is is a strong B plus. If when you look at the card, there wasn't really anything that was too exciting that you really. But the show that they put on was absolutely fantastic. These guys did a really good job. And again, yeah, they're stepping it up. They are definitely the better brand, in my opinion. All right. Also, last week we did an Elimination Chamber special. We gave our predictions on what we thought was going to happen. Now, instead of making a whole other show on another wrestling podcast about the Elimination Chamber, uh, I'm going to bring it back. I've done it a few times here and there on AWP, but it's called 60 Seconds Sucka. That's right, Booker. 60 Seconds Sucka. Uh, Within 60 seconds, I'm going to give you my review uh, on my thoughts about the Elimination Chamber. This way, it saves us a whole damn show of saying everything over again on what happened, what we really thought was going to happen. Just enough is enough, right, each week? So I'm saving you guys. I'm saving you guys an earful uh, each and every week. So 60 seconds, put it on the clock. Uh, my Elimination Chamber thoughts. Here we go. 60 seconds. Sucker! Sucker! All right, Mojo Raleigh defeated Kurt Hawkins in the pre-show. As soon as I said those two names, you knew it was the pre-show. Becky Lynch defeated Mickey James, the icon Mickey James, the legend Mickey James. Becky Lynch needed this more because she was kind of swimming without a life preserver. Kalisto and Apollo Crews defeated Dolph Ziggler, and why not? It's two against one. Uh, but still, what's sad about this is that all three of these guys, WWE, still doesn't know what to do with. American Alpha, uh, tag team turmoil match. They take the win, uh, beating out every other tag team in SmackDown. And hey, you know, the Ascension actually looked good for the first time ever since being called up. But, you know, I think maybe a little bit of a revival could uh, help these tag teams out in SmackDown. Nikki Bella and Natalia wrestled to a double countout. Uh, I was in the bathroom. I missed it. Randy Orton defeated Luke Harper. What a match. Luke Harper, finally the giant we deserve. Randy Orton going into WrestleMania stronger than ever. Naomi defeating Alexa Bliss. Naomi deserves it. End of the story. And Bray Wyatt, finally, finally, WWE has followed the buzzard. Sucker! That was the Elimination Chamber. Uh, Let's get right into the week that was, shall we? New champs. New champs coming out of SmackDown and Raw. But let's start with uh, the Elimination Chamber. We have Bray Wyatt, the new WWE Heavyweight Champion, and Naomi, the new SmackDown SmackDown Women's Champion. All these champions in one week? And there's seven weeks to go till Mania? I, I, I actually am in favor of the Bray Wyatt win. Oh, I think yeah. they needed to shake it up. They needed to do something a little differently. Bray Wyatt was the guy to put the belt on. They made the right decision with that. When it came to Naomi winning the title, I was okay with it. It was something different. I knew it was going to happen. I called it. They said he, she was going to go into WrestleMania, her hometown, as champion. But then the moment ruined for me the next or the following SmackDown when she decided to call Alexa Bliss a flea. 
that that really that these WWE creative and these writers they come up with the amazing lines calling someone a flea. Oh yeah, that's definitely a Booker T. Tell me, she didn't just say that moment for real. Now, guys, uh, Bray Wyatt, man, I'll tell you what, he has to, in my opinion, has to go in to WrestleMania as champion and walk out as champion because. If all these other titles are going to change hands, let's have one guy be champion going in and re- remain the champion coming out. Naomi and, and Bailey too, I mean, are they still going to do this Charlotte winning streak? Because she hasn't lost on a pay-per-view, but she's lost on Raw how many times? And she's, within not even a year's time, she's almost going to be a six-time women's champion. Like, is that needed six times already if she wins oh. it again at the next pay-per-view? I think they got to do that just because then you set up the rubber match and finally Charlotte's little pay-per-view streak, I think comes to an end at WrestleMania and, and basically cementing Bailey as that champion. So that's where I think they're going to go with that. I didn't really have an issue with Naomi getting that belt. I mean, that belt has been passed around just as much as the raw women's title has. So, I mean, I think we've had three separate champions since the brand split on both brands. So, I mean, it's it's somebody different that we haven't seen the belt on yet. Uh, who knows? She is a very athletic, really talented wrestler. My God, that ass is fantastic, Mike. Don't you agree with that one? That is a very nice hiney she has, and she can do <laughs> her finisher. She can use her finisher on me any day of the week. I will take it like a champ. Uh, we, we all we all know that the WWE they like to blow their loads early when they get a good idea they decide to just prematurely ejaculate all over us fans. Um, the Bailey title win was just too soon. I thought they could have wrote an epic story leading into WrestleMania. Her being the underdog, digging from the bottom, working away to the top. It would have been a WrestleMania moment. Instead, they gave it to her on Raw. I'm okay with her having the title, but I'm not okay with it happening too soon. No, yeah, I, I I agree with all you guys too. I mean, it's just too soon, and I, I feel like what is the credibility? I mean, does she lose that fast lane and then gain it back at at Mania to where then at Mania it's almost like it's going to be like a four way to where we could have Sasha, Charlotte, uh, Bailey, and maybe Nia Jax. I don't know. I'd rather have seen a four horsewoman match, but and that's the same thing. I mean, you're literally talking about uh, all these titles switching hands. Are we forgetting that John Cena held that belt for less than a month? Literally, just to break that record, a, <laughs> a transitional yeah, just champion, just to tie the record, tie the even record, yep. break a record. <laughs> and as for the Bailey thing, uh, I'm okay with it. I think it is. I think you guys are correct. It is a throwaway match. I mean, that's like Goldberg beating Hulk Hogan on Nitro for the World Heavyweight Title. That's just a a classic moment to be wasted. When you're right, it could have been that WrestleMania moment. Definitely. Uh, it'll, I mean, we still got a few weeks to go and see what happens, but still uh, changing the titles, especially so close to WrestleMania. Uh, I could understand any other time throughout the year, but like so soon to Mania where, yes, you could have taken that Bailey match to where she couldn't beat her, she couldn't beat her, she couldn't beat her, and then she gets the big win at Mania. But I don't know. Well, I, I guess we'll just see what happens so we don't get too nitpicky about it. But you guys, what, what did you think about the new chamber, too? We went from circle to square and no uh, grates. They got uh, just, I guess, pads on the inside. I, I had a problem with the chamber match happening before WrestleMania because of that, that it was dangerous. When we saw this new chamber, I noticed quickly that it wasn't steel grates. It was mats. 
And I completely became okay with this because I don't want to see a guy like AJ Styles or even a guy like John Cena take a bump on that great and all of a sudden they're out for WrestleMania. That's, that would hurt me as a fan because we need those people. So I, I'm okay with the look. I think it's cool. You know, they had the neon lights or the, the LED lights all over it. it. It was a new, they had to update it and it's the new era. So they had to have a new era looking cage or chamber. Yeah. Excuse me. I, 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 I actually preferred it again. I'm not a big fan of, of the ultra violence. I, I, I would cringe a lot of times when I'd see guys taking bumps on that steel grate. I mean, you know, once or twice is one thing th- throughout the match. But, I mean, it, when it's constantly bang, 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 it, it gets too hard to watch, even for somebody like me who loves that kind of shit. But So I, I'm basically contradicting myself, but I, I think the design was really cool. And, I, and again, you know, we're keeping the wrestler's safeties in mind now with, the fact that we took those metal grates out and we put padding in there. So, yeah, it was it's a good look all around. No, yeah, it was it was great. I mean, I, I had no problem with it either. And and I agree with you too, Mike, to where, you know, they definitely need the safety because uh, less than a month away from or just about a month till Mania, it's like it's definitely a close call, especially if you're going to, you know, add up all these other injuries. And, you know, you could possibly affect the outcome of WrestleMania because somebody got injured uh, horribly on one of these uh, steel grates or whatnot. But it was cool. I didn't mind it. It fits, uh, fits where they are. They didn't have to really, you know, move the move the front row seats anywhere because it was a big circle. Uh, so, I don't know. It, it worked with what they have. So, it didn't bother me at all. Still was good. Uh, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but we did see... The end of Jericho. Uh, guys, just briefly, briefly, any words on this? Uh, is this where it had to happen, or could it have waited till maybe the pay-per-view? Oh, my God. This breaks my heart. This has been the best stuff on TV for the last year. Chris Jericho basically reviving his career again. Just when you think he's done, he gets better. He comes up with some new stuff. And him feeding off of Kevin Owens was just priceless for me to watch on TV. This this. This pisses me off. I, I could I could watch these two doing interviews, whether it was on WWE.com, something on the network, or just on regular TV as it is. Just pure gold. You know, I, I got to say, I, I, I did not expect this to happen. It caught me off guard. I, I'll go in detail when we get there, but I, I actually loved it. I really did. I loved every second of it. This was probably one of the best segments so far I've seen in a very long time on Raw. Awesome, yeah, and it, it goes up there, I guess, with putting uh, Marty Jannetty through the, the barbershop window. We have Kevin Owens putting Chris Jericho through the, the TV, I guess, but still, uh, the little glass TV. I don't know what that was supposed to be, but uh, but still, we're going to talk about it in a new segment coming up later on, The Road to WrestleMania. Uh, stay tuned for that one, but guys, uh, I, I know someone's got to be upset here. Brock tells UFC that he's retiring again. Is this a shocker, or is it just, come on. <laughs> you want to know who's upset right now? Yeah, Dana White. <laughs> No, not even. I guarantee you somewhere in the world, Mark Hunt is smashing the phone. He's, uh, he's smashing the screen on his phone right now. Yes. Because this guy not only tested positive, but he also made $4 million. And he didn't even get punished really bad because he pretty much just went in there for a one and done. Kudos to Lesnar kudos because you just made a million dollars for upsetting a big hawaiian <laughs> oh god I, I i again mark hunt's rampage is is been epic him screaming and ranting and raving wanting to sue the ufc wanting to sue brock lesnar and and he has a valid point when somebody tests positive 
for performance enhancing drugs. I mean, you're putting the other fighter at risk. So, I mean, you should be able to sue somebody like that, don't you think, Mike? Absolutely. You want to know something? I'm calling it right now. I guarantee you Lesnar knew he was going to get popped. He knew it. He knew because, like, I mean, you're gonna you're messing with USADA, which USADA is the the company that they work with the U.S. Olympics. They are top of the line drug testing, so you're not going to escape anything with them. He knew what he was doing. He went in there. He knew he was going to get a guaranteed payday, regardless win or lose. And he knew this was his last fight. He wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't going to continue on. Now, now, does Vince uh, make money off this WrestleMania 34? Brock Lesnar versus Mark Hunt. <laughs> he could. Oh God, no! That would never happen in a million years. Controversy <laughs> creates cash, my friend. <laughs> well, uh, Brock, I guess you're done with the UFC, but you're you're going to be in the WWE for a little bit longer. We'll see what happens. Uh, but guys, joining us right now, we have on Dan Barry, one half of Team Tremendous. You can see him uh, on Holy Foley on the WWE Network. I mean, here he is right now. Making his return to another wrestling podcast is a wrestler, a trainer, a comedian, and remarkably average, Dan Barry. Dan, man, thank uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. How's it going? Doing good. Uh, now, for a lot of people out there, they may have recently seen you on reality television, the WWE Network specifically on Holy Foley, training Noel Foley. Uh, so can you tell us, were you training her before the reality, uh, show started or was it kind of a mix of both that, you know, it was starting to film and then she wanted to train or how'd that fall? How'd that take place? Uh, she was training. If you, uh, you know, the whole series, if you watch the series, uh, she had started light training, uh, prior to being on the show. And then when the show kicked off, she took it a I guess I would argue she took it a little more seriously because she realized it was like a real thing now. And, uh, whereas before she was trying it out to see if she liked it. Sure. Uh, now how long have you known Mick Foley and is he still mad at you? <laughs> um, I've known, I, I don't know. I think I know, I've known him. You know, I can't, I'm not going to pretend that he and I are like best <laughs> friends. Like we, you know, but we've known each other for, since like probably 2000. 2008 like in that range um he would go to nywc shows uh back in the day and then um we had met and we had become acquaintances and uh then he started doing comedy and i was doing comedy at the time or i still am i should say uh we were doing he was doing comedy and we became closer as a result of him doing shows on long island and i am a long island comedian long island based comedian um and then we became closer and more friendly. And, and then, uh, you know, once I started training Noel and they figured out that I was training Noel, uh, he, uh, I don't think he's mad at me anymore. Uh, I think he saw that we were, we were really working for her to try and get her, uh, somewhere in professional wrestling. So mm-hmm. I think he, uh, he appreciated that I was trying so hard. Was there any more pressure yeah. knowing that you were going to be on TV for this now? No, well, it, what's weird about it was one, like my feeling, like when I train or when I teach or whenever, um, I'm not always like the nicest person. And it's not like as I'm not abusive. Like I'm not going to pretend that's the case, but 
I'm not super nice to everybody. I'm I'm very realistic. I'm very um, blunt. Uh, and when you're training someone who you're friendly with, child, it's a little different. Different. Um, and then when the cameras came in, now it's much more high profile. So there's a lot more of like, you know, you can't. I'm not. I can't take it easy. You know, no one's gonna let me take it easy on her. Uh, but you can't sort of run the gamut that most professional wrestler wrestlers do. Cause it's a little harder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know how to word it in such a way, but like, this isn't the performance center. We don't have multiple rings and multiple trainers and things like that. We have the cement ground that you have, you work out in and that's pretty much it. <laughs> you, <laughs> sure. You're doing everything right there. So, but, um, you know, I, I think it was more interesting and more of a challenge because, you know, television crews want to film what television crews want to film. Mm. And that isn't always necessarily what's best for the training. So it was a matter of us making sure she got trained properly while they got the shots that they needed. Sure. Well, speaking of that, I mean, um, was there anything left on the chopping block that maybe didn't uh, happen on TV that we saw? Maybe something uh, that you may know about we don't know about? Was there anything, or I don't know, maybe a lot of stuff? Because I know they usually probably film a lot of stuff and then just kind of chop it down to, to what they need. But uh, I don't know. Was there anything that maybe was left out that you thought would have made it on uh, on the show? Well, I mean, you know, the, there's a lot of elements of the training that aren't on there, obviously, only because of time constraints. Um I think the the thing that made me that I wish had sort of made it was there's an episode where uh, Noelle leaves and she's going to find an apartment with her boyfriend and me and Mick are following her in the car because Mick thinks that she's cheating on her diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the, that, that car ride to go follow her was about 45 minutes long. <laughs> and we literally were just cracking jokes the entire time and making fun of a variety of different topics and, uh, you know, making, maybe making fun of Frank the clown a bit, uh, <laughs> a bit, a lot, because I'm somebody who, you know, if you watch the show, one of the main things about Frank the clown is he didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. And at the time of filming, I had four. <laughs> so it was a little much. And, uh, so a lot of me maybe making fun of the fact that this kid can't get one job. Um, <laughs> And, uh, but it was fun. We, uh, it was, it was a good time. You know, uh, I think, um, there's a lot of things that get left out and a lot of experiences that get left out, but mm. in the end it, it makes it better. Definitely. Is she still training with you now or has she moved on? Uh, I am not necessarily at liberty to discuss what's going on now. No problem. Um, no problem. Uh, if you, if you watch the season, if you watch the show, I'm not going to give any spoilers away. Of course. Yep. Uh, but you, you have to watch the entire show. And when you see the final episode, you understand where she stands. And then, you know, from that point forward, uh, I can't necessarily discuss it. <laughs> so you're saying there's, you know, <laughs> well, but but anyway, how, how did uh, how did you? I'm saying into second that? season Holy Foley is me at the performance center. <laughs> and, no, I'm kidding. There you go. <laughs> so how, how did you uh, fall into training the future talent of tomorrow? I mean, was it something you always wanted to do, or you're like, hey, you know, you're at the state of, uh, point of your career that you know you, you kind of want to start giving back now? Or how did that happen to where you decided, hey, I want to train these guys or girls and anybody else? Well, here's the thing: I don't even I don't take an active train. I wouldn't call myself a head trainer. Like if you go to the MWC Academy, I am not the head trainer at the MWC Academy. Um, I am somebody who people ask me to help them mm-hmm. and I'll do it then. 
and it's normally done as favors and it's normally done as when I'm around, I'll be more than happy to help. Um, Noelle, I was specifically asked, um, if she would help, if I could help her. And, um, you know, I, if it's obviously it's considering who it was and, uh, the family, I, I felt that I did, you know, I should help because one of the things that a lot of people don't know, uh, it's not something I necessarily talk about, but Mick Foley, when he started doing comedy, he wanted a host for his Long Island shows. And he asked me specifically. And what's interesting about that is I had not hosted a comedy show before. And that was my first oh. sort of foray into hosting comedy was courtesy McFoley. So I do owe it. I feel felt like I owed it to the Foley's and the Foley family to sort of do this and do it to the best of my ability to make sure that uh, it happened. But most of the times people want me, if I've, I've been asked to train other people, and I genuinely, I, I'll do like seminars is my big thing now because I think that it's good. I, you know, I don't necessarily, I have a, a full-time career. It's real hard for me to dedicate my time as a trainer, mm-hmm. but I like coming in, teaching classes, and helping people. Sure. Uh, like you just said, too, besides training, you also do stand-up comedy, uh, in which on February 25th at Laugh It Up Comedy Club up here in Poughkeepsie, New York, make sure you head on over to laughitup.net, uh, you will be with uh, Kurt Metzger. For someone maybe who, who has never seen you do stand-up comedy, uh, what could they expect from uh, Dan Barry? If you're looking to see somebody talk about professional wrestling, I'm not your guy to go see do comedy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't bring it up. I don't talk about it. I leave it off the stage. I feel that... Uh, I like the idea that I have two separate personalities and mm-hmm. I think it's, you get to see two different sides of me. Um, and you know, I, I think that you're not going to go there. There's a couple of things you're not going to get. You're not going to get a puppet. You're not going to get a guitar. You're not going to get anything like that. <laughs> it's just me telling, telling stories and instituting hyperbole on my own life. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what do you find harder though? Wrestling a match or doing stand up? What would you say? Uh, I mean, it's two different muscle groups. It's, um, you know, you're trying to break down the difference between, uh, you know, it's it's one man versus having a partner or a, a opponent or two to, to rely off of. Um, I'm way more nervous for comedy right now only because I've been doing it significantly less time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the sort of the things to fall back on yet. I, I am sort of putting myself out there a little bit more. Um, but I enjoy that. That's part of the deal is, uh, getting out of my comfort zone. I don't like being in my comfort zone. Sure. Now, uh, your style of wrestling would be considered part comedy and part remarkably average. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, definitely a touch of comedy and then definitely a touch of, uh, the high risk side. Uh, but do you think there isn't enough comedy in wrestling today on TV or just the right amount? Or is there always room for more? What would you say as, you know, somebody who incorporates uh, comedy into the wrestling? Well, you know, I, I, there's a big difference, I feel, between... Because one of the things I'll say is... Like, somebody I talked to about this is uh, Chuck Taylor, because Chuck Taylor and I have teamed before. Um, no matter what we do at this point in our lives, we're considered comedy wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, we almost can't break it. Uh, even if I show a little bit of charisma, it's like, oh, he's just doing a, <laughs> yeah. a comedy man. There it is, you know? Um, I think that comedy is fine. I think the idea of comedy and professional wrestling works. I mean... The Rock is one of the key examples of somebody who is funny and a wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a very serious wrestler. 
while at the same time being charismatic, entertaining, and funny. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nobody really thinks of The Rock as a comedy wrestler, but I can guarantee you almost all of his promos, you know, especially as he got older, were all had humor in them, all had elements of of laughter in them. Even some of his matches, you know, uh, I specifically remember him spine-bustering Davey Boy Smith onto a plate of turds. (laughs) <laughs> uh, then people's elbow onto him while he's on the turd. If you don't think that's a comedy spot in professional wrestling, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> you don't get it then. Um, I just think that there's people, you know, like uh, a Coca band and I don't have the same style of wrestling, but we would both be considered comedy style wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's ways to do it. There's ways not to do it. There's, you know, something for everybody in pro wrestling. And I think that, uh, you know, maybe on TV, I don't know necessarily that I would add more comedy. Sometimes I'd even take it away because I think that there's a little too much like people who don't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. But I think that the style of comedy and the delivery of comedy could change potentially. Sure. Now, uh, this year also marks, and I believe, 17 years uh, for your career as a pro wrestler. Uh, you've had some incredible matches also, too, with your partner, Bill Carr, over the past few years as Team Tremendous. Uh, as a wrestler, do you have an end game of when you want to stop? Or are you going to milk this baby as much as you can? I don't know how, how how professional wrestlers look at their career as far as, you know, in two years I'm definitely stopping. Or is it just, I don't know, just play uh, play it as you go? It's hard because there's a lot of people out there that sort of treat it like, um, you know, there are people who are maybe doing it longer than me or whatever that say, like, next week is their, that's when they're going to get their break or there's so on and so forth. Um I had made the joke this past weekend that like, I'm just going to stop going to shows. Like that's when I'm going <laughs> to like, someone's, someone's like, Oh wait, doesn't, does Dan Barry wrestle anymore? Like that's what I wanted sure. out of life. Um, yeah, cause it's weird. Cause there are people who, um, they have like their retirement match and like they have a killer retirement match and there's a chant like you still got it. Like at the end of it, mm. um, I almost want my last match to be just just the worst wrestling match you could possibly have, and be like, "Good call, retiring." Clap, 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 clap. Like, you should leave now. And then that's all I really want. Um, there is no ending. I don't. I don't know. One day it'll stop being fun. And it'll stop doing it. That's how I, I think about it. Um, one day I'll I'll realize I can't do it, or one day my body might go, eh, not so much, not sure. right now. <laughs> All right, well, uh, how do you feel about, a lot of people are saying that right now, or at least the past year or so, uh, that wrestling seems to be like in another boom period. Uh, for you as a wrestler, uh, do you see this happening? I mean, uh, what from your point of view, how does it feel uh, to you as a wrestler? Do you feel like it's another kind of boom period, if you will? Yeah, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's, there's so much access to information. You can stream so many, so many wrestling shows live from your living room, you know, like, or in your, your own, your laptop or on your phone. You can, you can just watch a wrestling show when you're doing something else. Like there's so much things, so many things happening in, uh, in wrestling right now. And so many of them that are like things that people never really perceived to happen. And I think that that's, what's really cool about what we do. Um, I love that there's a boom in wrestling. It's afforded me the ability to do things that like maybe six years ago, I was like, Oh, that's never going to happen for me. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's awesome. I think that getting opportunities is great. I think everyone, you know, people who 
maybe, you know, like for me, it was like you were mailing out your headshot and a tape or a DVD and hoping that somebody would call you back or whatever. And like now it's a lot, more, a lot easier to get noticed and get your name out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing is it makes you have to set your game up. And that's both good and bad. Yeah. You have guys out there who are maybe cutting their career short because they're doing too much because they're trying to get on one show and then they don't realize that this is a marathon and not a sprint. You know, and um, it, it's it's a double edged sword. And sure. uh, I, but I think that it, as a whole, professional wrestling from the independent standpoint is great as a result of it. Sure, uh, and just real briefly too. Uh... Uh, at least WWE, is there too much wrestling on TV? I mean, a lot of my friends talk to each other to where, for example, you have Raw, that's three hours, SmackDown, two hours, another hour with the new 205 Live, then you got NXT on Wednesdays, and that's just WWE to where if you add TNA in there and then Ring of Honor and... I don't know. Is I mean, trust me, don't get me wrong. I love wrestling. That's why we're talking about it. But I mean, it just, I don't know. Is there just too much for one company to have on a week or... I don't know. It's in the like... era of the DVR, in the era of DVR, no. Uh, it's. It, I think there's too much news on television. I yeah. think that I'll agree with that. Uh, professional wrestling is definitely getting a lot of professional wrestling on television. That's an absolute certainty. But I think that we live in an era where people can watch whatever they want to watch. You know, like there are people who prefer SmackDown to Raw, so they're not going to watch Raw. That's fine. There are people who prefer. You know, Raw to SmackDown, there are people for Ring of Honor to all of them, or TNA to whatever. Um, it, you have the ability right now, especially with the with the way that technology works, to record whatever you want to record, fast forward whatever you don't want to watch, and you can kind of customize your wrestling platter if you look at it as like a meal. Sure. Um, you can kind of cherry pick, like, oh, I want a cruiserweight match, so this match, and this match, you can kind of watch it. And the same thing happened with the, the, with, uh, uh, the network and things like that. Uh, I don't know. There's too much wrestling on television. There's some people who think the three hour format's too long. I kind of disagree with them because from my perspective, you could just not watch something. Yeah. It's not like you're not glued to the television anymore. You can, you can leave, you can do whatever you want to do. Um, but I'm also somebody who loves professional wrestling. I'm somebody <laughs> who will watch it all the time. And you know, like right now, uh, I'm watching television and it's wrestling on. So, I mean, sure. it's, it's, I like it. Um, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody else. I know there's a lot of fans out there who don't like it, but you know, if you don't like it, don't, don't watch it. You know, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> you, you vote with your remote. That's how you do it. Um, so, you know, there are Nielsen homes that disagree with you. Uh, what are your thoughts on the new, that new, uh, flow slam, uh, to where you can, it's an app you can get on Roku or Apple TV, for just like independent companies, I mean, this is a big uh, step for a lot of the companies who really didn't have that, you know, besides maybe like YouTube or people discovering them on online. Do you think it's a great, uh, you know, avenue for a lot of these independent companies? Uh, yes. And I say that somebody's wrestled on flow slime. Um, <laughs> no, I think that um, it, it, you're going to see a lot of these small um smaller wrestling companies and everyone just kind of come up and have their pay by services. And, uh, it's going to grow exponentially. Um, I think that in the end, what's going to end up happening is you're going to see like a flow slam kind of buy up smaller companies. And, um, as long as they don't treat themselves like direct competition, Mm. I think that they will flourish. I think the big problem is like, 
you know, if you watch TNA for as long as it's been on television, at one point they were on Monday night. It's like, with all due respect to every talent TNA, because there are a lot of guys on there that I know and I'm cool with, and they're all fantastic talents. And then, you know, if anybody thinks TNA is not fantastic talent, like, look at the top stars in Monday Night Raw, right? you know, or watch SmackDown or on NXT and know where they came from before that. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, even CM Punk wrestled in TNA. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hmm. There's there's elements of it. I I think that people need to realize that some people need to be Coke, some people need to be Pepsi, and you need to understand that like you're not always going to be the A brand, and that being there's a lot of money in being the B, C, and D brand. And I think that a, a Flow Slam, which is a great service for people who love independent professional wrestling, as long as people don't perceive it to be you know the WWE network or a direct competitor, uh, things will be great. I think that if there's a lot of money to be made as the Burger King to McDonald's, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, Dan, uh, we really appreciate it so much. Uh, once again, on February 25th, you're going to be in Poughkeepsie at Laugh It Up Comedy Laugh Club. It Up. My first time performing comedy. No, actually my second time. I performed at a club called Bananas, which I don't think is there anymore. No. But uh, Laugh It Up is my first time. I used to live in New Paltz, uh across the water. Oh, yeah, yeah. So please, yeah, so please uh, come out, enjoy yourselves. Uh Follow me on Twitter at the Dan Barry, and I'll be more than happy to continuously direct you there. <laughs> hey, also Pro Wrestling Tees shirt uh, store you guys got to. Where's that at? ProWrestlingTees.com slash Team Tremendous. A uh, couple new shirts up there, including my new Remarkably Average shirt. <laughs> uh, Some of the and, best shirts uh, too, yeah. I just, I've seen, by the way, uh, of uh, anybody on uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. So definitely check them out. Uh, worth checking out. Uh, Dan, th- uh, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. Talk to you soon. Today's show is brought to you by... This is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. And you're listening to another wrestling podcast in association with Celeb VM. Order a personal video message from me and many other wrestlers and celebrities now. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Get a personal video message for yourself or as a gift for someone else. For personal connections, shout-outs, birthdays, proposals, weddings, and much more. Enter your details about yourself so the celebrity can record a personal video message, especially for you, including details such as your name, age, birthday, hobbies, or whatever else you include. As soon as the video has been recorded, you'll get an email with your link so you can share it on social media or download and keep it. Celebrities record videos as and when they can, usually within two weeks. But if you want a video for a specific date and it does not look like it will arrive in time, you can cancel it and get an instant refund at the click of a button. There are hundreds of celebrities to choose from and many more joining every day. Search by category or genre. Buy a gift voucher, get updates and offers, and encourage your favorite celebrities to join so they can connect with fans in a fun and unique way. Raise money for their charities and much more. So order your video now for yourself or for someone else. Celebrity Video Messages and another wrestling podcast team up. Be sure to head on over to CelebVM.com slash AWP. Promo of the Week. I just wanted to get your comments on what just transpired out in the ring there between your two clients and your former best friend, CM Punk. That's the best of the best of the best of the best of the best that this world has to offer. I'm the beast and the best in the world. Paul, say something stupid. 
There's something really stupid. Something about the breaking up of Y2J and KO. Uh, thoughts on it? Uh, don't really care. Not a big deal. They weren't doing much for us anyway. Uh, KO. His reign as Universal Champion has been black. Y2J's uh, jobber at this point in his career. When you break up two guys who are pretty meaningless in terms of the long-term ongoings of the company, it doesn't really make a difference. Uh, so, yeah, it's not a big deal. Don't really care. We'll watch WWE Raw, whether they're together or they're not together. We'll watch WWE pay-per-views, whether they're on them or they're not on them. And so, regardless, uh, don't understand why anybody would care. Uh, those guys are pretty overrated. So, there you go. Calling about the uh, Festival of Friendship, this is Ryan Stewart of Poughkeepsie, New York. Um, the whole thing was pretty much a flop. I mean, if you were Chris Jericho, you were in Vegas and you were going to do a festival of friendship, how could you not have a long line of Kevin Owens impersonators? Some ridiculously tall and skinny, many ridiculously fat, some ridiculously short, but all wearing Kevin Owens outfits and haircuts and beards, and that would have set Kevin off, and I just can't believe they didn't do it. Peace. This is Jesse calling in from Florida about the uh, Kevin Owens-Jericho breakup. I'm a little distraught about it. I, I hate to see two best friends break up like that, but, I mean, we kind of had to see it coming. Kevin Owens was looking kind of weak with Jericho by his side. The, the comic-y champion thing's been tried a bunch before, and it just kind of wasn't working for Kevin. He's getting picked on by all the bigger guys. And now with Joe running around being the destroyer, Kevin had to step his game up, and I think that's why we saw the turn. Um, I really look forward to what it's going to bring coming into WrestleMania after Fastlane and the Goldberg match. Um, I think Kevin and Jericho can do some good work together, and I definitely look forward to that storyline progressing. Uh, Y'all have a great show, and I look forward to listening to it. Hey, what's going on, AWP? This is Pedro from Poughkeepsie. Giving you guys a call, I wanted to comment on the Festival of Friendship. Um, Quite frankly, I really think it's a ploy between... Uh, Jericho and KO so when Jericho gets involved to help KO keep the title um, screw Goldberg out of it nobody's expecting it um, I mean it's, it's pretty much transparent in my eyes but I think if they do anything else that'll be the actual shock factor if, if it's actually legit so there's my chime in guys have a good one thoughts festival of friendship Chris Jericho goes above and beyond to show the man that says he's going to deliver how great of a friend he is. Only to be the spot he ends up on the list of Kevin Owens. I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting. He has a turn. Now I'm just... He's finally back to being a heel. Maybe he could deliver. Oh, wait. That's my uh, pizza guy. He actually delivers. The only thing I'm going to say here is I kind of hope that Vince McMahon gives Chris Jericho the opportunity to return some heelish vengeance, if you will, upon Kevin Owens for destroying a, in my mind, a, a great festival of friendship. And if this, if they were just mere acquaintances, 
which Vince kind of likes because he doesn't give the actual victim here anything more than maybe a victory. I hope that Chris Jericho actually goes above, above, above and beyond, delivers some pepper, pepperoni, adds some mushrooms, not necessarily my favorite, you know, and goes and makes it a little spicy, adds some meatball sausage, and throws it on there to uh, kind of get back to Kevin Owens. But I think this is just uh, Triple H's hands in it, where Triple Triple H can be like, I got a heel now. Kevin Owens is a heel, which he's good at. I got Samoa Joe, who's a heel, and that's good, too, and I don't have to really show up at Mania, so, I don't know, that's my thoughts on that, um, I hope you guys, uh, deliver on this podcast, I don't think this call will necessarily make it on the podcast, but who knows, I think I said deliver it as many times as I could, because, uh, it's still not enough, as Kevin Owens, if you go back to where it was. And I remember on the uh, our podcast with Mike and Cooter where I said, Hey man, he delivered. Go back if you could get drunk on the word deliver. And last, I deliver you this message. Have a good one. All right, guys, each week we're going to do the road to WrestleMania. Pick one big match that we see brewing or happening or that's you know a definite possibility uh, and talk about it. So this week, obviously, uh, the Festival of Friendship has led us to Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. I mean, the writing's on the wall. This, this has to come to close. Uh, a closure at WrestleMania 33. Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho. But guys, how do we get there? What happens at Fastlane? First of all, uh, the Festival of Friendship, this ended, I guess, the the run of uh, what they've been doing. W- were you happy about this? Was it too soon? Uh, is it on the right path to what where they needed to be uh, to build this uh, WrestleMania match? I don't know why people love these type of segments. I mean, I, I look back to Rock and, and Foley and This Is Your Life, and I hated that segment. But that was like one of the most popular, most viewed segments in Raw history. Uh, the Festival of Friendship. It, it's basically a cheap knockoff of that. I really didn't find it all that entertaining. I mean, there were a couple of funny punchlines in there. But, I mean, the swerve at the end... You could see they were setting up for it. It really annoyed the shit out of me because, again, I love these two together. So when you finally got something that's working, you you basically take it away from me. You gave the kid the puppy, and then you finally took it away. That's how I feel about this. So uh, if if this goes to Kevin Owens losing the belt to Goldberg, I want to be on the internet the second that happens. You guys know why? Because the internet wrestling community is going to go fucking ballistic and shit their pants. Oh my god, we got two part-timers fighting for the belt of WrestleMania. No! I can hear the bullshit now. Well, Cooter, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be one of those people pissed off on the oh, internet. Oh, I would be pissed off too. I'm <laughs> pissed off. You ain't going to see me on the internet doing it. Yeah. Well, you know what, Cooter? I got to disagree with you. I actually loved every single second of that segment. Uh, it, that segment alone showed you how great of, of a performer Chris Jericho is. He comes out as this over-the-top game show host, like with dancing with the with the the <laughs> dancing with the women, having fun. You could tell how annoyed Kevin Owens is. I found <laughs> it to be very entertaining. Leading up to the turn, me personally, I didn't see it coming. 
And then when I finally realized what was about to happen, they gave you that dramatic pause to let you take it all in. And it actually reminded me of like, I don't know if you guys ever watched the show Sons of Anarchy, mm-hmm. when somebody is going to die and they give you that moment to let it sink in like when opie died in the prison when you realize this guy's about to die it it lets you sink it in and then it happens and you're like holy shit Mm -hmm. that's the type of reaction i had to this because i didn't expect it to happen so soon it threw me off guard but i loved it i loved every second of it now guys let me give you the possibility too now okay kevin owens is going into fast lane uh against goldberg for the universal championship uh, let's set up the stage. I mean, is is Chris Jericho going to cause Kevin Owens a Universal Championship, or does he retain it? Uh, what what do you see happening? I guess. Um, you know, you want to know something? I I really hope that they do keep Chris Jericho off of TV till after Fastlane. He comes in at then. Um, but uh, I could see Chris Jericho probably causing Owens the championship. The way that the rumors are going right now on the internet, I don't think they need Chris Jericho in the mix. However, if he is in the mix, I could see him either causing him the championship or possibly helping Owens win just so he can get that title shot at WrestleMania. All right, but let's look at the aftermath of this. Even if Goldberg steamrolls through Kevin Owens, I want to talk about this. What happens... When we have these two part-timers, who walks out at WrestleMania with a title? I mean, there's the implications from this storyline of, of Kevin Owens losing that belt. I hope he does not lose that belt because I would I'm love praying. to see. I would love to see Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho for the title. Yeah, uh, title for title. I think that's would be what cool. needs to happen. Yeah. But it's 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 so weird too because I mean, man, Owens had such a awesome year as uh, the universal champion i mean he stepped in it was pretty much supposed to be finn balor at this point as the universal champion uh they kevin owens was the second universal champion in their the title reign history uh so i mean he's had one hell of a year being that you know go-to guy on raw he's been that backbone on raw and weeks away from mania he loses it i mean and don't get me wrong i love this chris jericho versus owens match at a wrestlemania but, man, just with the Universal Championship would have been great to, to leave it off him or if he loses it. And what does this turn into, a, a United States Championship? Does that seem like kind of like uh, a step back for everything he's done this whole year? I will go on record right now and say this. Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, that match at WrestleMania, they need that Universal title in that match more than Goldberg versus Lesnar does. Goldberg versus Lesnar, they do not need that title to make that match what it is. They already have something brewing. People are already invested into it. People are not invested to it. They're still going to watch. I feel like this Kevin Owens-Jericho rivalry that's coming to a head at WrestleMania, you you need a big title in there. U.S. title isn't going to cut it. You actually think that they need that belt? Um, I want to see that belt in that match. Again, I'll agree with you. I don't think that... Brock and, and, and Lesnar necessarily need it, but maybe they do because, quite frankly, I'm not really all that interested in seeing those two in in another match. I'm really not. I would rather see Brock Lesnar uh, steamroll through uh, Credo's favorite. You know, what's his face? Help me out here, Steve. Who am I thinking of? 
Are you, oh. are you talking about James Ellsworth? Yes, uh. yes. I'm sorry. Sick as a dog. I would rather see Brock Lesnar steamroll through James Ellsworth at WrestleMania than Goldberg. I'm just over the whole Goldberg thing. Yeah, it's a stretch out too long. Uh, well, yeah, you got to see him even when he was in the Rumble. Dude was gassed in fucking two minutes. I was like, he's going to he's gonna have a top, not, uh, <coughs> excuse me. He's supposed to have a, a, a top caliber match with, with the likes of Brock Lesnar when he can't even keep his breath in a goddamn Royal Rumble that he was in for what? Like maybe two <laughs> minutes was he in there for? How long was he in? Yeah, it was uh, pretty It was pretty quick. Uh, well, how about this then, guys, to where, okay, if Owens, let's say, okay, does lose his Universal Championship to, to Goldberg, I think Chris Jericho might even have a United States Championship match at Fastlane 2. Uh, could he lose that uh, championship also? And then we, then could we just have an Owens versus Jericho match? Does having a match between them two at WrestleMania with no titles at all even help their cause or serve a purpose? Uh, I don't know. Let's if if we're taking the title off of Kevin Owens, let's take the title off of of Jericho because I would say this: we can have a match between the two of these guys and say, you know what? Neither of them have anything left to lose. It's just their pride it's just a match for pride so if the universal title's not involved take that out of their belt because we got nothing to lose that's the way i'm looking at it i'm already invested in these two squaring off at wrestlemania simply because of the french festival of friendship the way that ended it it makes me want to watch more of what's going to happen next you take that universal title you might as well take the u.s title with it the one thing that i can't wait for is when when chris jericho finally comes back and he puts Kevin Owens on the list of Jericho. You know why? Because he's a stupid idiot. That's why. <laughs> All right, guys. Now, uh, that's Fastlane. Now we're at WrestleMania. I know we talked about possibilities. Somebody has a belt. Somebody else has a belt. They both don't have a belt. At Mania, who's going over? I mean, Jericho beat AJ Styles last year. Uh, does Kevin Owens get this win? Or uh, what, what do you see happening? I mean, if they're going to build Kevin Owens up to be a bad, a badass heel... Uh, I think he should get the win. Do you think Jericho should lay down? Jericho doesn't need that win. I mean, I don't know. I, I would. I personally would love to just see Kevin Owens go into WrestleMania and beat Chris Jericho. Uh, and, you know, that said. I can't even predict it because what we're forgetting is that little meeting that Triple H had with, with Kevin Owens where, you know, there was no audio. You know, you just seen them talking and you, and you see Kevin Owens looking like he's shit in his pants. Did Triple H have something to do with the split of uh, of Jericho and Kevin Owens? Does he want him to be able to stand on his own two feet? If not, you know, I got Samoa Joe who is more than willing to do that. So is, is, is Kevin Owens basically being forced to stand on his own two feet and, and, and start kicking asses, which we all know he can do. Hmm. It's just it's, it's more uh, opportunistic for TV for him to, you know, play that little whiny heel and have a little sidekick. He's got to go into WrestleMania dominant, and he's got to come out of WrestleMania dominant. He needs to go over. He needs to show why he was the universal champion. If he goes in without the belt, then he needs to prove to everybody that he's still that top guy. No, definitely. I also hear through the rumor mill that uh, I think Triple H is looking to, to form a new heel stable, uh, respectfully, with Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. Who knows who else, but it's just a rumor as of now. But, I mean, uh, you know, I, th I honestly hated Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens at the very beginning because I was like, 
Kevin Owens is good on his own. He doesn't need Jericho, and I kind of thought Jericho was stealing the spotlight a little bit. But through the weeks and months, we've what we've seen, I was like, I, I'm, I get it. I like it. I like what they've done with it. But at this point, too, you know, Kevin Owens hasn't really been that dominant champion. You know, he's had help here and there, and I get it. You know, he's the heel and whatnot. But but still, I, I want to see a, a different Kevin Owens this year, I guess, where he doesn't need to rely on you know, a, a partner, but if he's in a stable, I get it, but just more of a heel powerhouse Kevin Owens, because hopefully we'll get that match. Uh, well, we're going to get that match at Madison square garden, Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar, but on pay-per-view is something I'd like to see that happen. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, at the end of the day, guys, this is, we're on the road to WrestleMania. The people's push. Let's talk about this. I want you guys to pick two guys. Uh, and you know, somebody who maybe, is being left backstage, somebody who are, they aren't using, maybe somebody who who is being used, and uh, how would you change them up? Would you, would you give them face paint, new gear, new music? What would you do to make their character better uh, in order for the fans out there to, to like them or, or whatnot, just to, to give them something better than where they are right now? Uh, so whoever wants to start, uh, give us your thoughts on the changes of, of whoever you pick, and uh, maybe we'll, we'll answer and uh, see if we agree or disagree with you. You know, I'm going to start this one off, and I'm going to go with one guy who I I loved when he was down at NXT, and now he's just completely lost. Uh, and I'm going to pick Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze is probably very technical. I mean, he, he came right out of Lance Storm's academy. Very talented in the ring. I, w- I knew this was a gimmick that if he didn't do it correctly, it wasn't going to go over. And the WWE has pretty much dropped the ball on him. He could have came out as this narcissist this obsessed with himself type guy this heel he could have been this animalistic guy in the ring like he was down in nxt they just dropped the ball with this guy now he's giving out tickets because they're fugly (laughs) as they like to say is that the word fugly that they use I usually oh. fast forward their matches, so <laughs> yeah, so do I. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I should start doing the same thing. <laughs> and I know in this my second pick. I know you said anybody in the back locker room, but there was something that really stood out to me, um, and I wanted to talk about it. Was the Nexus? I mean, we're, we're going to rewind it all the way back to 2010. I mean, everybody talks about how you know the Indians blew a three to one game lead, or the Warriors threw or blew a, a three to one game lead in the world series, but no one ever talks about how the Nexus blew a, a three to one man advantage at SummerSlam 2010 to John Cena. I felt like coming out of the gates with the Nexus, it was amazing the way they did it. And they could have kept that ball going. You could have kept John Cena off TV. You could have made uh, Wade Barrett, the dominant leader. You could have put all the titles in the Nexus. You could have had them beating the shit out of everybody leading up to survivor series. When you have the return of John Cena, you could have had it going even further Instead, they ran into the wall a month later. And that's the wall of Cena. I just, I just hated how that happened. <laughs> how would you get them over now? Well, the Nexus, I would keep them away from Cena for a while. That's the first thing. <laughs> keep them right away from that guy. All due respect to Cena. He's earned my respect. I would just, I would literally book him the same way I would have not fired Daniel Bryan. And I would have kept him because that chokehold he had on uh, Justin Roberts was actually uh, pretty, pretty cool. It was actually realistic. Right. <laughs> uh, Tyler Breeze, you know, I would put him right now in the Intercontinental title picture. 
I would have him battling Dean Ambrose for it. I would have him coming over as like this, you know, he comes over this flamboyant, controversial type guy, always taking selfies. But when that bell rings, he brings it in the ring. And they don't let him. I, I would let Tyler Breeze go in the ring. And when I say let it go, I mean let him wrestle to his potential and let him go in there and show you that he's a true product from Lance Storm's Academy. If I could be serious for a moment, I'm very serious with that. Well, I, Cooter, I mean, I, I'm total agreement with him. Uh, Tyler Breeze, man, what a what a. It's it, he's fell into that same spell as like Adam Rose and the Ascension, to where it worked great in NXT, but they just failed to carry that over into the main roster. So, you know, uh, just picking back up where he was, because what he's doing now is, uh, it's too campy, even for WWE standards these days. I mean, he's talented. Yeah. He's a wrestler. Stop doing these stupid cop things. I mean, even Fandango, the man had a match at WrestleMania against Jericho, and lo and behold, we forgot all about that and. They're just totally underused. He's totally underused, and I totally agree with that. And even the oh, they have it out for Tyler Breeze too. I mean, because he is an undersized guy. Why don't we? Why are we not putting him in the cruiserweight division and 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 headlining WrestleMania with a Neville versus Tyler Breeze match? I mean, obviously, a lot of the guys that we have don't have much personality, and that's where my picks are going to go. First guy I want to talk about, Credo, is T.J. Perkins. This is the guy. We had win the Cruiserweight Classic, the first WWE Cruiserweight Championship since we brought that belt back. And the guy is a gifted athlete. He could do the high-flying. He's a great grappler, great submission artist. He could do everything, but he can't talk on a microphone. He's got no personality. And, and I see what they tried to do with the whole video game theme and because he sounds like a kid. Even, even this week on 205 Live, he tried to sound like a tough guy in a backstage uh, segment with like, a, like an interview with Neville. And he sounded like a five-year-old boy. I'm like, what the fuck are you? Are you a pro wrestler? My point is we need to teach this guy how to cut a promo, maybe give him a little bit more of, a, of an edge. And maybe the fans can get behind him because it's obviously – they did not get behind him, which is why we took the belt off of him so soon in the cruiserweight division. I gotta, we gotta talk about, you know, the whitest smile on the WWE roster. Does anybody want to take a guess what I'm talking about? <laughs> the Don't whitest smile, Pearly Whites, man. <laughs> Come on, say it. You know you want it. Oh man. You're talking about my man, Apollo Creed. Absolutely. Oh, Apollo Creed. Ah, my God. <laughs> Whatever the hell his name is. Oh, my God. Can he please just stop smiling? My God. The best TV this guy had was when he went ballistic on Sheamus, was yelling and screaming, was all pissed off. He was so much more. Another guy. He's the total package. He's got this great look. He's strong as fuck. He's supremely athletic. And he just won't stop smiling. Stop smiling and start kicking somebody's ass. That's the one thing that Roman Reigns even does right. He doesn't sit there. You know, he's somewhat of a pretty boy, but he doesn't sit there and smile every two seconds. He knows how to, you know, play a character. So that's that's somebody who needs that's something he should have learned down in NXT. That's why they moved him up too soon. A lot of these guys, they. they they needed more time down there to find 
how to fine-tune their character. That's why Samoa Joe is so good right now. That's why Ty Dillinger is on top of the world. They finally found something for him and let him work with it. Apollo Crews did not have that, uh, you know, what's the word I want to use here? He didn't have that opportunity. You know, they rushed him up there because Vince, you know, wanted to blow his load because there's another big, strong guy, and we're going to... We're going to make them look strong. Yeah. So, so tell so, us, though, how would you, what would you do to these guys to, to make them uh, more usable or more over uh, well, now? In terms of Apollo Crews, all he really needs to do was, was what he did against Sheamus. Let, let him have an attitude. Don't smile so much. Uh, when he went ballistic on Sheamus, that was the most believable he's been on TV. And we need more of that from him. I wouldn't even say turn him heel. I would just say let him I, – I don't even know how to explain it. I really don't. You just got to let Apollo Crews be a badass. I mean I, I'll steal LPH's line. Let him be an, a, a goddamn badass. <laughs> you know what I want to see? I want to see him standing at the ramp one day and he's smiling and all of a sudden, that smile just turns into a frown. Or <laughs> he disappears lost his smile. And he just gets pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go there, too. He lost his smile. That's his new gimmick. <laughs> there you he go. He lost that his Perfect. smile. <laughs> uh, great, guys. Well, here you go. Uh, I picked Bo Dallas. Um, I, I love kind of what they've already done with him. You know, he, he came back as like a, a heel. He's not as whiny as like Bo Leave. They got rid of that. Uh, he's carrying out a sign still for some reason. Somebody thinks that's good. Um, but here, I, I'm going to take Bo Dallas as he is now. Uh, I love the heel in him right now, but make him even more of a heel. Even pairing him with somebody like a Dana Brooke or a Summer uh, Summer Ray, just to, just to give him somebody to work with as a like their manager or just a valet or just a pairing with somebody. Uh, and I would at least pick those two girls, but you got to keep him as a heel like that. Ditch the sign. Give him new music. Hell, uh, maybe make him form a stable. He was a part of the stable, the social outcasts. But maybe uh, make it more less campy and more, you know, like something serious. You know, uh, just I love the heel part of him. They just need to turn that up a little bit more. Showcase him more on stuff because he he, he just appeared on Raw. And like, when's the last time you saw Bo Dallas? Like, how many months ago? And nobody, you got to keep him on uh, in the in the off the back burner into the forefront. And I don't know, Bo Dallas, I think, has a lot of potential. He was NXT champion. Once again, came up to the WWE. They didn't know how to use him again. And, you know, I think they just need to figure out what they're going to do with all these guys at some point uh, when they bring them up. So, Bo Dallas, man, keep the heel going. Give him somebody to work with. Uh, just a girl. I don't know. Give him a girl. Give, hell, somebody. Something. But I think they definitely could uh, turn this Bo Dallas character around. Hell, even a name change. Just... Call him Dallas or Bo. I don't know. Whatever. But just something to that effect, I think, might help save his character. Uh, the other guy I picked was Curtis Axel. Um, we've seen so many different things from Curtis Axel. I think he still hasn't been eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Um, but, man, <laughs> out, of, out of anybody that you could talk about, you have this guy who is the son of Mr. Perfect. Uh, not even talking about his uncle or anything. Just Mr. Perfect. I mean, coming in there, I know you want to find your own name and whatever – at this point, how many years have you been in the WWE and you still haven't found your, your own name? That's where it's time to just go full Mr. Perfect. You know, live it up to your, uh, to your dad's footsteps. Uh, put it on, you know, bring out the towel, spit out the chewing gum to the crowd. Just be Mr. Perfect. Uh, you don't have to call the son of perfect or whatever. Just call yourself Mr. Perfect. 
and right there, man, people will know that you're the son of his and just do what he did. But as in Curtis Axel, uh, you know, what he does today, and I think that's that's the only thing you can do right now to save him. No matter if you make him heal, make him face, whatever, J- Curtis Axel has to go full perfect uh, gimmick on this whole thing. Uh, I'm not saying grow your hair out and dye it blonde, but, you know, just use the same things. Make the vignettes that your dad used to do, uh, doing everything, and it just happens to be perfect, where you're playing basketball, golf, whatever. No one's using that gimmick. Do it before somebody does, especially being the son of Mr. Perfect. I don't know, guys. What do you think? Uh, are these guys that you would love to see saved or, or what? I'm going to say something about your picks. You you picked two of the social outcasts. I did. And you know what's so funny was, honestly, those two guys, neither of them have been more over them when they were in the social outcast. Just saying. As, as cheesy as it was, the crowd was digging it. I mean, it was... Who else was in there? Was that was Heath Slater in there? And was that Jinder Mahal was in there too? No, Adam Rose. Adam Rose. Adam Rose. That's right. With Jinder Mahal. Yeah, he. That was three MB. My bad. Holy shit. But yeah, as much as that worked too, they they dropped the ball on them. They're like they just didn't want to use them again. It's, it's it's sad, but it's like okay, if you got to repackage them. All right, guys. Well, that was uh, the people's push. Uh, if you guys out there have anybody uh, you think that we could fix or you think you could fix, make sure you head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. Tweet us at a wrestling pod or Facebook us at another wrestling podcast. Let us know uh, who would you fix and change uh, to be pushed to a new level in the in the world of wrestling. Well, uh, Mike, it's been great. Thanks for joining AWP this week. Uh, you know, Cooter hasn't been fired yet. I don't think you're going to be fired, so don't worry about it. I think it'll be a it'll be a great run. Nice little triple threat going here. You're secretly replacing me with Mike Cologne. This is bullshit. I'm already fucking fired. I get sick one week, and you're already replacing me. This is bullshit. I'm just slide right in that guest spot. Be there for the remainder of the lifetime. How do you think I got in? <laughs> slide, slide, slippery slide.